Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back, everyone, for another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm Anthony. Happy and September, September, guys! Ooh. I feel like we, we should have worked on making that in sync or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did uh, have the I, same idea. The excitement, <laughs> the excitement just can't be contained, Julia. So it really can't because it feels so stinking good outside here in Tulsa, Oklahoma today. Did you see that next week it may be in the 40s? Yes. How excited oh. are we about that? Like proper pants weather. Thank oh, you very much. Jealous. What are y'all up there? Are y'all like crazy hot still, Anthony? 90s though the the other morning it was when i woke up it was 55 which felt very nice and folly when i went on a walk in the morning before the sun rose when you went on a walk to get your pumpkin spice latte exactly oh man your pumpkin spicing it up did you see what mike crystalman posted he for one posts Super the funniest fun. memes. Hilarious memes like all day long and they give me all the life. But one of them was so funny because it was a pumpkin patch and there were a few white pumpkins in the frame and all the rest were orange and he said they'd been drained of their pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs> <That's me. laughs> I am um, oh man, now's the point and we were talking about this a few weeks ago where time can slow down a little bit so we can enjoy the next few months. Yeah, it best slow slow itself down. Because if there's ever been a year for me to appreciate the buildup, not just to Christmas, but like the buildup to Halloween, right? Mm -hmm. And then the buildup from Halloween to Thanksgiving, like this is the year because the kids are all around me. Marty's working from home. I'm working from home. Can this please be the year where I get to enjoy the buildup? And you get, that's what she said, and you, and you get to record more bonus episodes with us. I do. And we get to, I mean, not even just like Christmas bonus episodes, but like not Christmas stuff. I'm super excited about the long Halloween, by the way. Oh, I am too. I am like super yeah, order excited. That. You don't own it? I'm surprised. I own it. Get on board, Tom. So... Speaking of bonus episodes, we did the Grinch commentary last week. Live commentary. The 2000 Jim Carrey Grinch. I'm excited to listen was, to that one. It was so terrible, my computer refused to work. All I'll, <laughs> say, all I'll say is, I, I left that recording very happy. Very happy. 
Did you get people on your side? You'll have to listen to find out, subscribe to Patreon to find out. But after Tom cut out, it was me, Matt, a.k.a. Gary Blauman, Ron, a.k.a. President Hot Dog, who had never seen it before, Charlene and Michelle Kidwell. And let me just say, I was pleasantly surprised by the end of that commentary. Oh, man. I'm excited. Not, not, not only because of their final opinions, but also because we coined a new word. Because, of course, there is lots of Tom trolling in his, out, in his absence. So we coined the word crowded. Crowed it. <laughs> yeah, like you remember, like remember the office when Andy was trying to get Dwight fired, and he was like, "Man, he really shrewded it." Yeah, yeah. We, we oh, crowed it. <laughs> we love you, Tom. <laughs> we are not amused. <laughs> this is when I wish we had video because you could tell he would be doing that dead stare right now. I know you're doing that dead stare at the camera. I just. There are some people I don't really concern myself with their opinions, and uh, I agree. I, I don't want to call it. This is definitely uh, one of those situations. <laughs> well, uh, when you guys listen to it, Julia, I know I'm you not going to. to. <laughs> that, that's why there is an abundance of trolling because I said I told them you guys can say what you want because Tom will not listen to this based on the fact that it's a cringe. <laughs> I don't even want to think about. I don't even want to think about that terrible movie. It is. It is just beyond awful. Well, question: Is it safe to listen to with my teenagers or my teenagers and the rest of my family? It's safe to listen to. There was no okay. like, yep. Cool. If you want them to have stupid ideas about stupid movies. <laughs> uh, well, I'll jump on that. So Hannah, this week, I had half a mind to disown her from the family because we were talking about, um, we were quoting Christmas Vacation, Marty and I were. And she's like, it's not even that great of a movie. <gasps> and I'm like, hold up. <laughs> Do you know what you just said? And she now, get smirked out. a little. Get That's out. Right. That's right. Now we, now we have to ask, was this just a normal teenage moody day? And she was just trying to like push your buttons? Or did she's, she not a, she's not a button pusher with us, but she definitely has moods. And I don't know which one it was, but I'm afraid there's some kernel of truth there that she really doesn't think it's an awesome movie. And that makes me feel like a failure a little. Is this something I can call DHS about? I mean, what have I done wrong? Where did I go so wrong? That's what I'm wondering. Well, yeah. I think an appropriate punishment is since she doesn't like talking to people, you force her to be on an episode with me and Tom. That sounds like a great, great version of torture for her. She also <laughs> we, is the one that is not... To... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. No, yours is better suited here. I'll I'll say mine after you say yours. We want her to actually like the movie and not hate it even more. So that may not that could backfire terribly. Well, we want we she should sit in on our eventual Christmas vacation commentary. Oh gosh, she just be quiet the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's not. She's not our wild about Christmas kid anyway. So I guess I shouldn't be totally surprised. 
I know. So I guess we can cross her off the list of the legacy continuation of the show. It won't be her taking her Likely. place one day. It'll be Gabe. It'll I be was just going to say you could. So at what point do you just consider her a mulligan? <laughs> oh, I kind of feel like you've got to be getting close to crossing that line. I got a few years before she goes to college to really work on her. She will have a Christmas tree in her dorm room. That's the plan. She better. She better. I did. I did. I had a little one. Yep. A little baby one for the window. So I think we need to, since we do constantly talk pop culture and comic book movies and stuff, we need to say rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. How shocking was that? That was just, it's funny. Um, there's been a ton of no, feedback. No, it's not. No, it's, <laughs> Stop. It's way too soon, by the way. Um, it's funny, all the feedback on social media, but particularly on our own page, how so many people have said, you know, like, I obviously didn't know the guy. I only knew him in movies we saw on TV, but it feels like a member of the family died. And that's exactly uh, how this felt. Well, I don't have the exact quote, but I mean, I think... Who was it? Was it April? Maybe it was April. I don't know who it was. Summed up perfectly. He meant so much to so many people but especially little black children like that whole community who for the first time are seeing themselves represented as superheroes on the big screen yep yeah like it's just so sad it really is it is so sad and it's oh, such a it is. it's such a um the way he approached being sick for so long but still working is so opposite from everything else you see especially in hollywood right um mm -hmm. it was just such a different way to deal with that that it it was just shocking it wasn't just shocking that he had cancer for four years but it's shocking the way he dealt with it and i've loved well, he seeing... shot every movie since civil war with cancer yeah 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 that's amazing that is and an seeing... inspirational person it really is did you see his um his speech at that howard graduation from a few years ago yes yep. oh my goodness yep. like i was crying by the end of it um did you did you see the Jimmy Fallon video with him? Where, where he was surprising people? Uh-uh. Yeah, when they were talking yeah. to the Black Panther, po uh, Black, yeah, Black Panther posters about um, what the movie meant to them, and then he would come out and surprise yep. them. That was awesome. It was. And it, was it was funny, too, oh. because one person, meant <laughs> one person said he already bootlegged the movie, and he came out and said, you bootlegged my movie? <laughs> <laughs> I liked I liked the guy that thanked him for not having his shirt off a bunch in the movie because he saw it with his girl and he's like, and you know, I can't, like, I can't <laughs> compete with that. So I just want to thank you. <laughs> no, but he was, like, to your point, Julia, this one really did feel different than a lot of the celebrities yeah. who pass away that, like, are obviously all upsetting. But, uh, yeah, it, he really did feel like, and I, and again, I think it was because of what he represented, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And like, especially like at this time. And he was young. Right? Like at this time. <laughs> yeah. And he was, he was, he was so 43. Young. 43 is so young. Uh, yeah, exactly. At this time. And we saw him in those movies aside from, aside from the, aside from the cancer, the guy was in like peak, like condition too. It's. 
definitely not somebody you would have you would have expected to go. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, I can't think of another celebrity I, I felt that I way surprised. about. Maybe except uh, I think maybe the last one I felt that way about was Alan Rickman, like a few years ago. Yeah. For completely yeah, different for completely different reasons. Like right. But that was the one that that was the last one I think that really hurt, like personally. Yeah. 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 You know what though, to have died and led such a legacy he did in such a short amount of time, just based on what his coworkers have said of him. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, doesn't that, I feel like it kind of aspires us all to, to and, achieve that, to attempt some version of that in our own lives. Right. And I, uh, yeah, I feel like this late long weekend coming up, I want to uh, watch a lot of his other movies I haven't seen. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but I, absolutely. But I, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's, I loved all the tributes pouring out. A lot of the tributes are so beautiful. All these kids posting funeral scenes with their Avenger toys made me oh. cry. Yes. And then like, I even saw, you know, to, like everyone had, everyone trumps up this whole, Marvel DC rivalry when really the companies themselves don't have rivalries and DC posted a nice tribute like they posted something like to the king who transcended universes uh, you know rest in wow. peace Wakanda forever yep it was yeah it hurt yep but I we had to mention it because of his impact and because we are pop culture on this show Oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely deserves words spoken about it everywhere. So. Yep. How was week two of virtual schooling? It's going good. Um, we had our first technology issues this morning, but I'm pretty sure it was on the teacher side, not the student side. And they're doing so, okay with it? Yeah, they're doing good. I mean, Ethan was already this morning saying, I don't want to go to class because <laughs> he's not a... <laughs> He's not a morning person by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Um, but, um, but it's going good. I mean, it's as good as it can be. And it's just, we're making do. This week, we are covering the 2005 sleeper pop culture classic, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, starring Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. Let's jump in with our histories of this movie. And I have a feeling Anthony's might be the longest, so let's start with him. Uh, history of this movie, none. <gasps> I have zero history. This is always a movie that's on my radar that I always intended to see. Didn't see it until today. And I freaking loved it. I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. I can't so. believe you have no history with this movie. That surprises me. Yeah, well, I'm full of surprises sometimes. That's true. Tom, what's your history? Do you have a history? Uh, I do. It started uh, last night, and uh, <laughs> that's it. So it's my, my history is, is now over 24 hours. Oh, well. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I didn't realize this would be new to all of us because I, kind of like Anthony, had always, I'd, I'd heard of the movie, right? I knew who was in it. Um, I maybe even remember some trailers, maybe not, um, but I'd never seen it until today at about lunchtime. And 
I was not disappointed. Not even a little bit. Me either. And this is one that listeners have wanted us to do for a while. So a lot of people will be happy this is finally hitting the show. Yes. Because it does I have, had no considering it's a cult this movie whatsoever. You had no what? I had no desire to see this movie. None whatsoever. How come? Mm. Whole thing was I mean, really dumb to me, I thought. It just didn't speak to me. I mean, to Julia's point, I'm surprised myself I never saw this because I'm a Shane Black fan. Right. I like Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer from back in the day. I love mm. Michelle Monaghan. It's set at Christmas. It's a P.I. murder mystery, which I always like. So... See, I don't usually like those PI murder mysteries. They're just not my, not my, not my jam. They have to be really written well. Like I hate the, uh, you know, paint by numbers ones that so often get put out. I even like those. Yeah, this just uh, it's just, it's just not my style of you know, my style of film. The whole kiss kiss bang bang genre is a. Uh, it's a genre that came out in what the '60s, that early James Bond stuff. It was kind of a derogatory. The kiss, kiss, bang, bang was kind of a derogatory descriptor for these kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. But I, so, but I feel this specific type of kiss, kiss, bang, bang movie is very '80s, '90s. Oh, this is, but I, but it's it, it got its it's it, the inspiration for like the the kiss, kiss, bang, bang type movie came from James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm, I we've discussed before. I know I'm, I'm a, I, I let you all down, but I'm not a James Bond fan at all. Oh, you let Julia down because I'm not the biggest James Bond fan. She's the yeah, big let, J- Daniel Craig fan. Let me down big time, there, buddy. She's okay just adding to that list of grievances for Festivus. I got a list, and you're on. Oh, Trust, I am. <laughs> I have a list of all of our active listeners I have grievances with that I'll be reading out in the episode. You know, I'm that's a terrible idea, right? You know, yeah, that's a terrible is. idea. I've jokingly warned everyone that I am going to call out. I'm doing the whole Michael Scott boom roasted thing. All right. It's, this was a good three year run. <laughs> I only have grievances with you two jokers, so that's all I'm going to put my focus on. I don't really know what to do because I feel like every week I hear my grievances with Anthony. <laughs> that's true. You're going to have to focus on Julia. But I don't have grievances with Julia. I, like our <laughs> listeners, consider her my favorite elf. <laughs> that's including me. <laughs> Ditto. Uh, so... Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, like we said, came out in 2005. Like Anthony said, it was directed by Shane Black. Not our first time Shane covering him on the show. No, it's not. No, it's not. We covered him with Iron Man, right? Iron Man 3. Also Robert Downey yep. Jr. Yeah. Um, he's, got, he's in a lot of movies. Um, all the kind of, well, like... Anthony said the 80s Kiss Kiss Bang Bang movies. He directed this was, he... His, this was his directing debut with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Then he did oh. Iron Man 3, like we, like we said. The Nice Guys and Predator. 
Number one, what a debut. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Number two, also of note with this movie, is this is like Robert Downey's first movie out of rehab, right? First major movie out of rehab. Yep. Well, we were going to talk about that when we got to Robert Downey Jr. And number three, Shane Black is also known for setting all his movies at Christmas, which we will debate later on whether this is a Christmas movie or just set at Christmas. If there's much of a debate. There's zero debate. There, there's there no debate. Zero debate. And as Anthony said, our protagonist throughout the movie is Robert Downey Jr., who we've covered before. Robert Downey Jr. was Charlie Sheen before there was a Charlie Sheen for you kids out there being so Charlie Sheen. Um, you know, drugs got the best of him for a while, and I think he'd been kind of written off by Hollywood. And this was his big, big foray back into the fold, and it was a big hit for him not the movie itself but people saw how great of an actor he was after this he started in the iron man roles so fun fact val kilmer in solidarity since this is downey jr's first uh, movie outside of rehab gave up drinking on the set since downey doesn't even drink so he did it in solidarity with him that's really cool which brings us to Robert. Which brings us to our next actor, who is Val Kilmer, playing Gay Perry in this film. Oh my gosh, my favorite <laughs> character. <laughs> and I think we can all agree Val Kilmer is most famously known for probably either The Doors or Top Gun. Yep. Um, I'm sorry, Willow. And don't forget, he was also Bruce Wayne once, Batman. He was. He was Batman. There was, there was a was whole Batman. Friends episode. There was a whole Friends episode. One of my favorites. <laughs> Ross thought he had Val Kilmer shirt suit from Bat Pucks from Batman. <laughs> <laughs> but really, he just had a slightly heightened sense of smell. <laughs> uh, he was the voice of Moses in the Prince of Egypt. He was in Wonderland. Yeah. It was Moses and the Ten Commandments, the musical. Hmm. I didn't uh, know that. He was on the re... Uh, he was the voice of Kit when they rebooted Knight Rider back in 2008. Which is getting another reboot in the form of a major motion picture in the next few years. Seriously? Third time's yeah. a charm, I guess, right? <laughs> He is in the upcoming Top Gun Maverick, and he is playing Mark Twain in a movie about Mark Twain and Mary Baker Eddy. So what are the logistics of how huh. that works? Not to be like mean, but I mean, he very famously can't speak anymore because he had throat cancer. Right. I don't know. I was wondering that myself. Hmm. I'll be curious. I, I liked Val Kilmer back in the day. I thought he was a decent actor. He became Jim Morrison. Like the the Doors is by far his best work ever. I mean, it's it's his his Mia Copa. It's just it blew me away. Well, it's What's my your, favorite. Is, mine is Batman. 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 That's actually fun fact about Anthony. Given my age, the first Batman movie I saw in theaters. Really. Batman Forever. Val Kilmer's Batman. All right. I did love that and movie. I was, and I was, yeah, I didn't hate that one. It wasn't like mm-hmm. Batman and Robin with Clooney. But like, 
I was telling Tom before we recorded, I still hope he gets a cameo in The Flash. Does it bring back Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton? Mm. Even though he can't speak, just show him at the back computer in the back cave or something while he's running through time. That would be awesome. Next up, playing Harmony Faith is Michelle Monaghan. Talk about a cutie McCute face, or should I say a hottie McToddy? Hottie McToddy. No, no, you should definitely not have said that. No. Oh, I did. So, aside from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, she was in the Born Supremacy, North Country, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Mission Impossible 3, Gone Baby Gone, Eagle Eye. Um, she had a recurring role on the TV series True Detective. That's my favorite, Michelle Monaghan. That se- first season of True Detective and- is one of the best seasons of television ever, if you guys haven't watched it. I loved that first season. What was she in the Born Supremacy? I don't remember any part of her in that movie. <laughs> Do you mean Mission Impossible, Tom? No, she the was Born in Mission Supremacy, Impossible. 2004, she played Kim. <laughs> She's also done the voice of Wonder Woman in one of those animated Justice League films. I feel like everybody's had a voice in those Justice League animated films. <laughs> <laughs> she is, oh, I, I, I admire her as an actress, but I also think she's gorgeous. So. She's very pretty. Oh, she's one of the people on the computer and the war room and the born supremacy. That's why I don't remember her. Do you know there why I, do you know why I didn't know that? Because all those movies blend together. All because those... Ooh. I, I know you on the grievances. You that love Damon all those is films. One of them. You love all those films. I know you do. Yeah. But uh, did you guys notice who played Young Harmony in the flashback? I sure no, did. Alex Dumphy. Alex Dumphy. Ariel Winter. Oh my goodness, she was young. She was so yeah, she cute. Was. Not notice that was her. She was yep. adorable. I just saw it and I was like, oh, I didn't recognize her face. But once she talked, I'm like, what? Yep. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was totally her voice. Probably because I hear her voice far more than I ever had hoped I would hear her voice. Why? Why is that? Her family a lot? Yeah. Is it always no, the she's in your house? The voice, she's the voice of Princess Sophia and Sophia the First. Oh, right. is she the royal voice? She is the royal voice. She's the prince. She's the voice of Princess Sophia. <laughs> you know who else is in this film? Julia's favorite actor, Tom. He is. He's up next. Next up, playing Harlan Dexter, we have Corbin Burnson. And Julia, by popper, popular request, we're going to go ahead and just give you a few minutes to talk to us about <coughs> Corbin. I feel like you pulled this one over on me in scheduling two Corbin Burnson movies in the same month or in the same four week period. And I'm not really sure what I did to deserve that, but I will say this is my favorite Corbin Burnson. You know what? I can agree with that. I can agree with you on that one. He was in the movie less than six minutes. (laughs) And the six minutes he was in the movie, I actually quite liked him. He did so, a good Julia, job. how how would you feel if one of the themes for next year 
if you do a Corbin Burnson Christmas movie every month. I will choose that month to go on sabbatical from the podcast. Y'all can have at it. <laughs> Just does he has, does he have that many Christmas movies? I thought Probably. Julia or you said last when we covered I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. He has a bunch in the works. Yeah, pretty sure. Oh, they're the, they're not out yet. They're not out yet though. Not yet. But that would be that would be the case for next year. I see. I I it took me a minute, but I crossed the line. Uh, I don't. There's not really anybody else worthy of talking about in this movie. I agree with that. Well, wait, no. Who's the um? What's his name? The fry, Mr. Frying Pan. Oh yeah, he was familiar again. Dash Mihawk. Um, I don't. He's done a lot of stuff, but nothing like he hasn't been a big part in it except for he's got a recurring role on Ray Donovan. I'm sorry. That's it. Uh, he's wait. Bunchy, right? He's Bunchy, yeah. Yeah. He was also in one of the greatest movies ever made, The Day After Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, about most notable roles here. Oh, he was Benvolio in Romeo and Juliet. He huh. was Benvolio, yeah. Which I thought that movie was so cool when I was in high school, and we had to watch. We watched. Well, we didn't have to, but we we did watch it with um, Ellie's birth mom when she was in town, and uh, needed to watch it for school, and um, it did not age so well. Oh no, it didn't. <laughs> no. That's so funny. Nope. Okay, so we've been through all of the stuff that we have to do to get into the actual movie. Now, let's jump in and discuss this film. Who wants to kick us off? So, right off the bat, we get, well, no, it starts with a flashback, right? Yep, where he start, where he's, he's identifying himself as the narrator. Right, and I love this whole conceit of Robert Downey Jr. as his old school private eye narrator. He, he's oh, just so... And it's Downey, right? So he's playing Downey. He's playing Tony Stark. He's playing this charismatic, uh, if you want to call him. Well, he's not as jerky as he is in a lot of roles, but that, that's the type of this charismatic, confident, cocky guy, right? So that comes across in his narration, which is fun. He's, he's, not, like the- he's not an annoying cocky, though. And I've always liked that about Robert Downey Jr., right? Is his... Right his cocky attitude is very palatable for me and it's typically not with people because I don't typically like cocky characters. He's got... I would say he's the same type of top cocky in this as he is in Iron Man. He is, exactly. And 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 that's that works for me. Right, um, me too. Yeah. It's like a self There's a lot to be said yeah. for cocky people. You know whose cockiness doesn't work for me, Julia? It's Tom's. I disagree. I think Tom's cockiness is pretty darn rad. <laughs> totally rad. <laughs> so this flashback we found out, we basically meet Harold, that's his character's name, Harry Lockhart, and Michelle Monaghan's character, Harmony, for the first time as children. And we, through this magic show he's putting on with her in the box, she's the assistant, right? The magician's assistant he's cutting in half we learn harmony wants to be a chainsaw 
we have a child cutting another child in half with a chainsaw. But the, the point of the scene is we learn Harmony wants to be an actress and he is essentially well, a really well, well, good, well, well, con, a really good con man because he cons the audience into thinking he's actually cutting her with his chainsaw and he's not. Yeah, he uh, me into thinking that. Did he really? She starts screaming bloody murder. I mean, screaming. Me <laughs> totally scared I was like, me oh, no. all. But I like how they, not only did they do the, the this flashback to their childhood to introduce us to them, he completely forgot as a narrator to introduce them to us. <laughs> and later after we, after we, after we meet Harmony, he's like, Oh yeah, uh, that girl was the girl in the box, and I forgot to tell you all about this. I thought yeah. it was pretty pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, and he does this a few times during the movies. He loses tra- during this movie. He loses his train of thought and comes back to things he should have mentioned earlier. Yes, and I quite like that. Yep, me too. Me too. So in the present, so flash forward. Yes. <laughs> so flash forward, and he's. He's uh, grown up now, and con man, now he's turned just blatant thief, right? He's breaking into places and robbing them, and they've got an alarm. He's talking to uh, uh, his niece about what toy she wants in this toy store, and the alarm is, is hooked up so that it won't go off. More Christmas. It, that part felt Christmassy. They've got the alarm set up so it won't go off, and then a loud truck goes by, and enough vibration causes the wires to loosen, and the alarm goes off. So they take off running. And in his desperate attempt to flee the scene, he busts into a room where they are doing a, a reading for a movie. And they assume <laughs> he's supposed to be reading. And he, so he just goes with it. What's really funny is when the cops are looking for him, they walk in while he's doing, a, <laughs> while he's doing this monologue. And they're like, oh, sorry. <laughs> the cop just leaves. Well, what's funny is, blow- is like, yes. he... he throws out this script and start just starts speaking with a heart about how he left this guy behind <laughs> and like they think he's imp- doing this amazing improv improvisation where he's like near tears and so shaken up they he's basically they give him a start in the acting world in hollywood yep so he's gonna have to go to hollywood and um when he gets there they get they hook him up with this guy who is gonna help him shadow and and train for his role he's got coming up. And he meets, this is where he meets Gay Perry. Well, so let's talk about the atmosphere of this party for a minute. It's the party, around yeah. Christmas. The, Chris, the Christmas music is playing. There are Christmas lights up. This scene felt very Christmassy to me. But yes, this, this is where you meet Perry. Well, uh, before we meet Perry, he, he unknowingly finds his old love harmony but she is intoxicated and passes out and a guy tries to rape her and he decides to confront the guy and threatens him and really talks a good game like tries to to bluff the guy then we flash away and we see him getting his the crap kicked out of him in the front yard and he's like i've really got to learn how to fight um, and and basically, Gay Perry. This is where we meet Gay Perry, and that's what they call him because he's an openly gay private investigator. And right. basically, the studio has hired him to give Harry on-the-job experience for this private investigator role. 
that he's taking on. Right. So that's what brings him into this story. And this then is the first movie. We... Did y'all see that um, bit that this was the first movie to feature an openly gay private detective? Lead, lead, lead private detective? No, that's awesome. Yeah. And like, despite, just for our listeners who haven't seen it, despite the fact Robert Downey Jr.'s character calls him Gay Perry all the time, they, th- this is not a movie with a bunch of like insensitive, like, uh, homophobic jokes at all. They actually portray his character really well, I think. Oh, yeah. I loved his character. It's my favorite yep. character in the movie. Yeah, he's awesome. Funniest one. He's definitely funny. But also, I love how this scene ends with, uh, <laughs> despite the fact that Harry ran into Harmony, he wakes up in bed with her hostile best friend later that night or the next morning. <laughs> well, he, he leaves the party and goes to a bar, right, where somebody says she, he'll find Harmony. And her friend tries to provide her cover fire, and Harmony's just kind of stringing him along. And it's when he's getting ready to leave that she's that she tells him who you know who she is, and they reconnect, and they have this great night, and he made out with her best friend, and yeah, they did or didn't sleep together. I don't know. I yeah, we're did. still not sure about that. Well, he said he doesn't remember it, and wouldn't he remember it? And then he didn't. He he didn't know. And, and she's furious. She's <laughs> furious. She is really upset. Um, which them sleeping with other people becomes a, a running well, it's funny for us not for them but it's a it's a running humorous thing right also important to note so, now right that harmony thinks he's a real private investigator not he's not going to play one right 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 he's yeah. a detective yes so they fight he leaves he gets a call from the police later that Harmony has committed suicide. Dun, dun, dun. But really, Harmony then contacts Harry explaining that it was her sister who committed suicide and she had come to LA and been using all her credit cards. So they thought it was Harmony. Yeah. And because she thinks Harry is an actual detective, she asks him to investigate Jenna's death. Well, we forgot to mention before, before this, Perry and Harry. This is about like Harry's storytelling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before this, Harry and Perry um, are staking out this lake and they find a body of a female corpse inside the car, but they can't report it because Perry shot open the trunk and the bullet hit her. So it looked like Perry killed her. Right, so so <laughs> that was so funny too. It's so terrible. It's so terrible. <laughs> I'm laughing at that, but man, that scene was hilarious because the car comes flying over the cliff and into the water, and so Harry's like, "Oh my gosh, we've got a saver!" And Perry's like, "What the heck are you doing?" But Harry gets into a fix, and so Perry then has to go in and and gra- get this girl. And so he pulls her, <laughs> he pulls her out of the water, and lays her on the beach, and or on the yeah on the beach, whatever you call that when it's a little pond or a lake or whatever. And <laughs> what, is, what does Harry say? 
is she dead? No, she's just resting her eyes. Of course, she's dead. Her neck is broken. <laughs> and then when they talk about having to leave, he's like, what does he say? Like, we've got to go now. And then he says, um, gosh, I wish I could remember the dialogue. But that's when he's like, well, I mean, you shot her in the head. <laughs> Aren't they going to look for your bullet? <laughs> what are you talking about? I think you shot her in the head. Oh, I'm sorry, but this no, movie's this... so dark and hilarious and funny to me, and I was the, like just in the is... right headspace to enjoy this. On it's so 100% many a dark today. comedy. It's not a drama. <laughs> it's a dark comedy. Which oh, is why this man. it's really so good dark because you don't feel any sympathy. You don't feel uh, any connection at all to anybody who dies at all in the film. Huh. <laughs> it's so Which... great. I, it's, but I was laughing the whole time during this movie. That scene, Julia, was great. Um, it was but this, awesome. This scene was important because they finally, when Harry's at Harmony's, the corpse shows up in Harmony's bathroom. Yeah, and he pees all And he, and he pees, pees all over he, what, ha- what happens is he's peeing in the toilet and he looks over to see this corpse in the shower and he's so shocked he turns all the way over and just pisses all over <laughs> And he, ca- he calls Perry to let him know the corpse showed up and he's like... Oh my <laughs> what, what happens? Perry tells... <laughs> he tells Perry... I peed all over. I peed all over. The cops will know it's me or whatever. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> like, uh, Harry is just so inept throughout this whole thing. Oh. And that whole, that ongoing thing in, in, in Harry and Perry's relationship, the ongoing joke that Harry is an idiot and Perry keeps calling him out on it. <laughs> is so so funny because it's such an odd couple so that's one of the things i guess kind of a trope or whatever but um their relationship as the odd couple is such a hilarious element to the movie and then the kind of comedy of errors right because stuff keeps happening that they have to dig their way out of and it's just so stinking funny and these two guys together, so Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr., initially to me when the movie started, sounded like a very odd combination given what they've done in the past, specifically Val Kilmer to me. He seemed out of place in the cast, um, but he plays this role to the T and he is so convincing and so perfect. Like Their so chemistry perfect. is out of this world, the two yes. of them together. Yes, they are. Yes. <laughs> So, okay. So I love the next part. So, basically, Harmony's missing credit cards, right? Were used to hire Perry to go investigate that murder at the lake, right? Which mm-hmm. tied them to the case, tied her missing sister Jenna to the case. And when <laughs> when Harry figures this out, he goes to see Harmony, who slams the door in his face because she's angry at him. And she cuts off his finger, which becomes a running gag throughout the whole thing. Him and his finger constantly getting cut off from his body. Okay, who else totally thought he was kidding at first? Yes. I was surprised the finger was actually on the ground. (laughs) I was. I was. I was too. Because he seemed so calm about it. I know, it's so great. Oh my gosh. 
I feel like I've been doing a lot of the talking. Julie, you want to take it from here? Or Tom? Um, let me try and think. I haven't seen the movie enough to know it by heart, and this one flips a lot. It does. It's hard to keep up with. Yeah, it was. Like, I almost felt like at the end of the movie, I had to go back and read the movie spoiler to clear up for me what actually happened. <laughs> Which sound, which is usually a detriment when it comes to a movie, but it wasn't for me in this one because I was like rolling with the punches and there was enough hilarity for me to just be in the moment, right? Right. So, so is the, it the, sorry. No, no, you go because then you'll set me right. So isn't it soon after this, um, they realize the thugs from the lake, uh, who they saw dumping that body to begin with are setting a trap for Perry. And yes, uh, that's right. And again, it's another very physically comedic action scene where <laughs> the car goes off the road because the car, <laughs> Mr. Frying Pan's car, he's going to run him down. Michelle Monaghan's character trips and shoots a gun which alerts Perry to the danger and he, and he jumps out of the way of the car. The car goes off the road and then this armed food cart guy oh my like, God. pulls <laughs> out a gun and <laughs> kills Mr. Frying Pan. Like guns him down and Perry just runs off which is hilarious. Right. Well, I mean, if, so you we drove have... into, if you drive into a guy like that's food truck, I mean, that, what do you expect to happen? <laughs> And, and a pink-haired girl who is also very pretty um, steals Harmony's car from the scene, right? Right, and he yep. was a she was a part of the whole luring Perry in as well. Right, and Harry so she, is unconscious in the car at the time he, from because his hand because they were on the way to the hospital to get his finger reattached, and <laughs> and. What's her name? What's I keep wanting to call her just Moynihan, but what's her actual name? Uh, Harmony. 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 That's right. I cannot internalize that for some reason. So, but Harmony realizes that Perry's in trouble, so she wants to go save Perry. So that leaves Robert Downey Jr. Harry just totally out of luck. So he passes out in the back seat of the car because he's hurting just a bit and the girl that was a part of luring perry in gets in the car to get away because people are shooting guns and she inadvertently ends up taking him to to the house of of the guy that's still alive of frying pan's partner who is actually mr fire still alive, mr fire and so he ends up at his house is passed out wakes up on the bed um and hides in enough time to overhear that pink hair girl and Mr. Fire are involved together and sees her die. Mr. Fire kills her. Then she he like, kills him. He watches, right. he watches her die slowly, which was really pretty sad. Well, and what's so neat about Harry's character, he very, very, very easily could have been a very flat, dumb character. And either, yep. it, it, whether it was the writing and the acting combined, I would, I would assume that's exactly what it was. Um, he's a very, he's a very loving, caring person. 
right? He's affected. He's in the beginning of the movie, right? He's a screw up and he's a thief, but he's a nonviolent thief. You see that right in the, in the very beginning of the movie when he, you know, when the first comedy of errors part starts, right? He cries about getting his partner hurt and all of that. Um, So when he sees this girl die, it like unlocks something inside of him, which we all love that moment in a movie, right? When our, when our screw up kind of becomes a hero a little bit. And um, he stands up from behind the bed and he kills Mr. Fire. And it's like, he does not waver. His hand is not shaking to reference friends. And and to your point, uh, to your point about him being very caring, there's this whole running thing with him in harmony as well, where she keeps offering to like sleep with him. And he keeps yeah. getting offended. Like, you don't have to do that as payment with me. Like, why would you do that? Right. And I really like that as his, because he's clearly attracted to her. You see the one scene where she's getting undressed and he's trying not to watch or whatever. He's right. clearly very attractive. And you could see a lesser movie have them sleep together in that moment, but he doesn't because he doesn't want to take advantage of her. Right. Which right. I like. Yep. Right. So he shoots Mr. Fire. So that takes care of the two goon, the two original original goons are taken care of. Um, he calls Perry to tell him, okay, so <laughs> I'm in his house. There's a dead girl. There's a dead guy. And I can't really clean up the place because this dog has his finger, my finger in his mouth. And I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> leaving fingerprints everywhere. <laughs> and cue the oddest sweetest dog scene ever because it ends up the dog eats his finger and swallows his finger which takes care of the fingerprint problem and then that sweet dog comes up to him because he's like distraught because he just killed his first person and like loves on him and i'm like what an odd sweet scene like for all of this to happen within the span of five minutes is just (laughs) pretty great so you know, I I don't think anything quite bonds a a dog and his and a and a person quite so well as consuming part of his body. <laughs> you can <laughs> say that. <laughs> and so from here, uh, Harry, Perry, and Harmony reunite, right? So Harry meets Harmony at a hotel, or Harmony meets Harry at his hotel, and she tells him that her sister Jenna, uh. She, he had lied to her years ago and told her that this guy, Harlan Dexter, played by Corbin Burnson, was their real father. To so they could so uh, you know to diminish the pain of their sexually abusive father, right? Right. And uh, then you get another comedic scene where she throws him out, or he throws her out rather, because he finds out she slept with his best friend once in the past. Oh, they're and just then- about to connect too. Like yep. everything is falling yep. into place and then that happens. And <laughs> you see cut to them arguing. Yeah, and this is where Harmony disappears for a while, right? And Harry and Perry go to that private mental hospital. Oh my gosh. <laughs> With that. Yeah. <laughs> that scene had me laughing so hard. I know it's awful. I mean, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. <laughs> the mental hospital that's the, scene? That's the one with the little gun, right? Is that the one with the little gun? In the car, in the glove box, the Derringer. No. no. Val Kilmer's little teeny tiny gun. Yeah, his Derringer. 
It's not in the glove box. Well, it was in the car earlier when he pulled it out, when uh, Robert Downey Jr. first pulled it out. Anyway, yeah. Right? Maybe? No? Is that when, is it? Is it when Harry gets the electric nodes connected to... And he keeps we getting shocked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, this the, is that scene, The gun right? he had in his... But it's the same Derringer that was in the glove box earlier that that Harry was playing with. And he's like... Right. I was, just, I was yeah. just clarifying that this was the scene where it's not in the glove box. Well, <clears throat> this is where they find out that her sister, right, was incarcerated at the hospital. Right. Is that it? Right. By and then the body devil. Right. So this is all about an inheritance, right? He wanted right. to, yeah. So they're captured by Julia's favorite man, Corbin Burnson, Harlan Dexter, <laughs> um, who reveals he plans to cremate his daughter's corpse to, you know, get rid of the evidence. Uh, he tortures Danny Jr. with the really awful torture to his private areas. Uh, uh, I just picture the men in the audience of this movie theater like crossing their legs at this moment. Oh my god. So you mentioned James Bond before, that first Casino Royale film, Daniel Yes. With I the saw that in, seat cut out. I saw the that in theaters out. and literally just about every guy in that theater crossed their legs at that point. Oh my gosh. Ooh, yeah, I can imagine them <laughs> hearing it too. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's so funny. So, so they call Harmony, right? And Harmony very quickly acts like a cleaning service because they make, they make fun of them. At the, these idiots called a cleaning service, just told a cleaning service to come rescue them. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was pretty great. I liked that moment. And uh, she comes up with the van. What happens here? Well, yeah. So the casket is in the back of the is in the back of the van. Um, she gets in the van and crashes it. And crashes it. Harry and Perry have ex- have escaped because <laughs> Perry had that teeny tiny little gun in his pants. And I'm sorry. One of my favorite quotes in the movie is in this scene because I, and I've just got to find it because, well, I'll talk about it in quotes. We'll come back to that later. Um, so we've got Harry and Perry separated from Harmony, but all in the same runaway from Chase, right? Um, because there are new bad guys on the scene that are chasing her while she's in the van with the casket in the back. And um, Harry and Perry are also involved in a chase of sorts because they're trying to connect with her to get in her van. And they're shot by the same bullet, which is hilarious. They are shot by the same (laughs) bullet. And so Perry is laying on the ground and blood comes out of his mouth. And like, we have no good feelings about this. Okay, none. And, And Harry is like... Furious. Right. Furious, sad, but he's also shot somewhere because like he does not look good and he's like he's not at one hundred percent capacity. And so and then Harmony calls him and she and he hears Harmony on the phone and it sounds like she's dying. 
right? Because she wrecks. And so this vengeful Harry comes out again, right? Where it's kind of like that bad guys got to or good guys got to get stuff done mentality, kind of like you have in Lethal Weapon, also Shane Black and some of his other movies as well, where you really have like your battered hero and they need to get the win at the end. And so yep. Harry ends up, he shoots Harlan while he's dangling from the dead girl's arm off of a sign, <laughs> off <laughs> of the traffic sign like total fantastic shot. Plus he shoots the guy that's running away in the car and he lands on the car and he shoots the guy driving. And then the other guy that gets out and it's like, it's, it's eight minutes of just like awesome and like fantastical. Yes. But it is like action and humorous awesome. and humorous. Yep. And, and then once he gets the last serious. guy, no, it's not. And I think that makes it so much better too. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, uh, and so then he, he, reunites so to speak with harmony although they're both in super rough shape turns out he was he was shot through one of the books one of the well this is at the hospital right well first they're laying under the overpass and she oh, sees right. the book and she's like oh my gosh the book saved you and he's like well maybe not and there's a bullet hole in his chest but then and then we get to the hospital which is also just super smart and clever what they did with uh Gay Perry, not being they gay. Brought, yep, Perry yeah, survived. Were, Sorry, Tom. They, they like how they talked about how in these movies, you always see somebody who is obviously dead, that they come to bat life in the last minute, and that's what happened with Perry. He came in in a, in a wheelchair, and they just started parading all these other people in, like uh, everybody who had died in the whole movie, and Abraham Lincoln, and yep. Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, so good. They, and this is where Perry reveals exactly what happened, right? Uh, Harmony's sister, Jenna, didn't, did co actually commit suicide. She had located Harlan, thinking that, believing her sister that this was actually their real father. She witnessed him having sex with the pink-haired girl. Mm -hmm. And thought it was her sister. He, thought it was her sister, thought her father was still incestuous. So she, paid, she commissioned Perry to catch him in the act and then killed herself. And then I love that Perry goes to Harmony's hometown and, conf yes. and confronts her helpless dad who's like in bed, bedridden, and slaps him around, completely belittling Just, him for being a big yep. tough guy and abusing the girls when they were younger. <laughs> love it. It was awesome. And then, yeah, yeah, scene, the because of what happened to the girls when they were growing up, the scene we saw with uh, Harmony getting picked up and taken out of the bed was just mortifying. Yes. And then, um, yeah, the movie pretty much wraps up. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is now working officially for Perry instead of an actor, right? <laughs> Which yep. is awesome. And I am sad, given the quality of this movie, I feel like they could have done a sequel with the two of them they open it up for a sequel perfectly at the end yep. yep oh oh we can't do that dang it what? i was gonna say what? well couldn't that be pretty great to watch even nowadays with time that's passed and the way they've aged to see them bring it back but they can't with val kilmer right and i don't want this movie without gay no nope. nope me either although not a day looks like it has passed for downey or monaghan I tell you what, like the man ages like a fine wine. 
So does Monahan. She's beautiful. Yeah. She's gorgeous. I think she's she has aged. She looks prettier now to me than she did when she was this young. So I I think given our discussion of the plot of this film, right? It's a movie set at Christmas. Christmas is not a part of the plot. We yeah, hardly mentioned zero. it. Right. But having said that, they do have some good Christmas musical cues and some good Christmas lights in the background of a lot of scenes. So Christmas has a presence. It's just not a Christmas movie. It's set at Christmas. Yep. That's right. Yep. Do y'all have quotes? I'm getting mine right now. Yeah, me too. I'm trying to find can I, one. Can I go? I have one. You can. Yep. <clears throat> it's a conversation between Perry and Harry. Uh, Perry says, go, sleep badly. Any questions, hesitate to call. And Harry's like, bad. And Perry's like, excuse me? And Harry's like, sleep bad. Otherwise, it, mean, it makes it seem like the mechanism that allows you to sleep. And Perry interrupts him, what? Oh, oh, oh. And you t- who taught you grammar? Badly's an adverb. Get out. Ban it. <laughs> And that's another running gag, too. Harry has this thing with grammar, right? That happened a few times. And math. Well, he just quoted <laughs> back. He just quoted what Harmony told him. Right. Oh, my gosh. Where is the quote? That scene with the math, just, by the way, is As amazing. I watch this movie... Where he's playing Russian roulette, he puts the one bullet in. Oh my gosh! So so funny. And the first shot off, it fires and kills him. And Perry's like, "What did you just do?" And Harry's like, "I just put in one bullet, didn't I?" And Perry's like, "You put a live round in that gun? Well, yeah. There's like an eight percent chance. Eight? Who taught you math?" <laughs> oh man. But so when that cute. happened, when the when the gun went off, like I lost it. That was so freaking funny. Oh man, that was funny. Yeah. I still can't believe like this is this is this is considered one of the twenty eight best dark comedies of all times um, by Watch Bojo, but it didn't get a theatrical release in the United States. It did it get a standing ovation? It can. Nope, it only got a theatrical release in the UK. Okay, so it's it's the it's the testicle electrocution scene that just really, really I was laughing the entire time, which I felt a little bit bad, but not that bad. And um, <laughs> and so Val Kilmer's taunting the guy, you know, with all of this homosexual references and stuff, really trying to to get him angry and to get him to come over to Val Kilmer because Val Kilmer has a gun in his pants and it's this teeny tiny little (laughs) journey shoots him with it. Hilarious. So later in the movie, Harry, uh, when, when Perry pulls the gun out of his pants after shooting that guy, Harry goes, thank God you had a gun in there for a second. I thought it was like a gay thing. Like somehow you guys could do that. (laughs) (laughs) It was, oh gosh, so funny. There's so many gay jokes in this movie. And part of me at the beginning of the movie felt, I don't know, like a little bad laughing at them. Yeah. But as the movie went on, like I stopped feeling bad about it and just 
and I don't know if that makes me a terrible person, but they are so, so funny. So funny. I think it would have been bad and like, I felt I would have felt worse about those jokes had they made Val Kilmer's character a really obnoxious stereotype, like just right. a non-realistic, non-three-dimensional, complete caricature of a gay person. But they didn't. They actually gave him depth and nuance, and he was actually, like you said, he's the best character in the film. Right. Tom, did you have a quote? I think you were going to start before Julia. Before I, uh, we were talking about. We were talking about uh, how the, the, the running gag between Perry and Harry about how stupid Harry is when Harry asked, Perry, do you think I'm stupid? Perry said, I don't think you'd know where to put food in if you didn't flap your mouth so much. Yes, I yeah, think I you're like, stupid. I like that one too. <laughs> so I loved, again, Harry's the narrator. So I loved when he said, this one made me laugh too because it's one of my biggest problems with that movie. Harry's narration at the end, don't worry. I saw Lord of the Rings. I'm not going to end this 17 times. <laughs> <laughs> it's too long, but I really did like their exchange when Harry's telling Perry on the phone how he peed on the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's too long to, to re- for one person to read it, but it's, it's just so funny. Again, I really like Harry's narration. <laughs> So this is toward the beginning. He's like, and that's how she got to the same party as me. Oh, 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 oh. I skipped something. Damn it. This whole robot bit. I made a big deal. Then like, I totally forgot. Oh, oh, oh. This is bad narrating. Like my dad telling a joke. Oh, wait, back up. I forgot to tell you the cowboy rode a blue horse. Oh, oh, oh. Anyway, I don't know if you want to see it now, but here's the oh, oh, oh. robot stuff for your viewing pleasure. Can I oh, oh, oh. More. Uh, when Perry's originally leaving and telling him that he was never going to be an actor because they were just trying to jack up or jack down the uh, price that Colin Farrell wanted for the role. Perry says, Merry Christmas. I'm sorry. I took advantage of you here. I'm going to change it because I don't feel like editing all these F words out. <laughs> Harry said, no problem. Don't quit your gay job. You <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> the gay jokes. Well, did y'all know the voice of the bear? on those beer ads was Lawrence Fishburne. No. <laughs> yep. Little cameo there. Shall we rate it? Oh, I've got one more because it made me laugh and I thought it was pretty clever. Um, Harry says at one point, I can't remember what part of the movie it's in. I need to rewatch this movie enough to where I can remember these by heart. But I like it when he says, wow, I feel sore. I mean, physically, not like a guy who's angry in a movie in the 1950s. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I actually thought the chemistry between Harmony and Harry was really good as well. Like they had very good chemistry. Yeah. So I like the teasing. I like the teasing bit where she's in bed like naked and she's like, you can sleep here if you want, but it would only be sleeping, Harry, if that's going to frustrate you. And Downey Jr.'s like physical expressions are great. Like he's such a great actor. He's he just, so funny. He like immediately hops up and he goes, let's try. Yeah. <laughs> he's let's like, let's see. see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a pervert in this. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh please! But, but he's not—he's not full pervert. I mean, to quote like when he was in uh, *Tropic Thunder* and he went with all the stuff with full. I love that movie. Yeah, he—he's um, not because 
because he's he he is with her but he's not even entirely a pervert with her either because he feels bad about glancing at her when she doesn't have her top on and he gets out of bed because he knows he can't handle it and he doesn't want it to be anything but genuine and so he's he and we all know my feeling julia's feelings about christmas movies or just movies set at christmas or movies in general that have like naughty bits in them and this one was okay because the people involved with the naughty bits were not being naughty does that make sense that does make sense it wasn't raunchy and just filthy for the sake of being raunchy and filthy um it it was this was okay to me so Not like the random appearings of Translucent in The Boys, right, Anthony? (laughs) Yep, that's for sure. So I have a hard time rating these kind of movies, right? Because I enjoyed it. Before we rate, though, did it have a Linus moment? No, not really. I agree, Tom. I'm I'm trying to give it one because of the 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 friendship that's formed at the end, but I don't see that as a Linus moment. No, there were a lot of points in which I feel like Linus should have come out and told them what they should be doing or at least a few things, but it never actually happened. <laughs> that's funny. So as far as ranking this movie, I have a hard time with it because I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a fun movie to watch but it's not Christmas and I would not watch it at Christmas. Yeah. Yep. Which is why I'm going to give it my standard, what I gave Batman returns, which I love and is excellent. And I just want to watch it at Christmas because it's not a Christmas movie. I'm giving it a six. And I'm going to give it my standard. Sorry. You go. What's your standard, Julia? No, you go ladies first. We'll continue yeah, so the tradition we started it... with Anthony kicking us off. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it my standard, um, which is going to be a four, since it's not even a... So I gave Planes, Trains, and Automobiles higher, because it is a little bit of like we're one of those bridge movies. It's not a Christmas movie, but it is bridged enough to where it's got a little bit of a higher rating. So I'm actually doing exactly what Anthony's doing, except... On my scale, it's a four. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to go back to having a hard time with this one. I did give Batman Returns a four, so I think I'm going to go four as well. So just a side note, if I was ranking this on a not Christmas movie ranking scale, it would probably come in around a high seven or a low eight. Me too. Seven and three quarters for me, without a doubt. Yep. So that gives us an average of 4.67, which actually ties it at number 46 if Batman Returns. So it's tied it ties with Batman Returns just under <laughs> your, both of your favorite Christmas movies, uh, tie Office Christmas Party and A Christmas Story and just above mm. the night before. And it's in tier four, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Which again, 
it's only that low with Batman Returns, which is also only that low because it's not Christmas. Because it's not Christmas. Listeners, hear us. We really like this movie, but it's not Christmas. So we're forced, we're beholden to our crappy ranking system of non-Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be also, curious to see what listeners adop- think about this one. I think, I think, again, given how many people were re- recommended this over the years, I think a lot of people probably will like this one. Yeah. I have something kind of exciting for us to do today. What? What? We got two new reviews. <gasps> oh, I love reviews. Both randomly so came long. in on Thursday. It's been so long. And I am feeling in the generous Christmas spirit. So, Julia, will you read the first one for us? I will. Okay, so our first review we got this past week is from Benji Pear on Apple Podcast. Um, And the fantastic, super sweet, nice, awesome review is, Great show. Congrats on year three. These three personalities compare and contrast each other so well. I love that they talk about the Christmas favorites and the duds. The rating system is ultra scientific, nerdy face emoji, <laughs> and helpful when finding <laughs> Christmas movies to watch. A good time was had by all. Keep up the good work. Santa emoji, Christmas tree emoji, Benji Pear, you have my heart with your excellent use of emojis. Thank you so much for the positive review. Yeah, thank you. Benji I was thinking the same thing. Those emojis are right on. I love emojis. Me too. And Anthony, would you read the second one for us? Um, I would be honored. This one also came in August 27th, by, and it was written by Seamus McLean, who wrote, Comfort and Joy. Thank you for all that you do to brighten all of our lives. Seamus McLean... That's so nice. Thank you for such a wonderful review. And we're glad we can help remind you of the Christmas spirit all year long. Mission accomplished. Y'all, with all these awesome reviews we've gotten, our iTunes reviews, we now have 86 ratings at 4.8. Nice. I would love my heart to... so happy. I would love to see by Christmas us get to an even hundred. So I'm putting that challenge out there to listeners. Given the fact that we see our download numbers and we see there are a lot more downloads and reviews. So listeners, give us a free Christmas present and write us a review on iTunes. Uh, We put a lot of hard work into the show and the reviews help us, you know, Keep going. And every new review helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year and helps new listeners find us. So we'd really appreciate if you could leave us one. And if you're looking to stay in touch with us and find other ways to engage, we have an amazing Facebook group that is so active. People talking and sharing all the time. There was some fun stuff popping up in our group while we were recording tonight. I got notifications of um, you can find that as well as our t- all of our other social media by going to tisthepodcast.com slash Facebook group, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Reddit. And those will go straight to those sites. You can get engaged in our social media. There's another way that people can connect with us, and we have a couple of people to welcome to that, don't we, Julia? 
We do. So we have a Patreon site out there where we put extra content. Sometimes it's just extra Christmas stuff. Um, sometimes it's not Christmas at all. It's just an opportunity for us to talk about non-Christmas stuff every so often. Um, we have lots of really cool interviews with Patreon listeners on there as well. So you can get to know some of our fans and friends there also. Just an extended part of our Tis the Podcast family. Um, and we have two new people to welcome to Patreon. We want to welcome Heather Smallwood and Rachel Poole. Y'all have heard Rachel Poole's voice before, by the way, um, in some of our Christmas specials. Um, so thank you so much for joining Patreon. If you want to join Patreon, um, it's a minimum of $1 a month donation in order to gain access to the vault of content we have there. Um, so check it out. Um, just go to tisthepodcast.com backslash Patreon. It'll take you right to it. You can read more about our different levels of membership. And, you know, for those who are on the fence, we also have movie commentaries. We just re released one in which we cover the live action How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And we have Elf and the Santa Claus up there as well. We have a whole month of Halloween stuff coming up next month in October. We have some Thanksgiving stuff and Christmas stuff planned. So I think if you like the show, it'll be really, it would be uh, definitely worth your interest to check it out. Yes. I so guys, agree. So y'all, we had a question of the week to ponder. We sure did. Courtesy of our good friend and longtime listener, President Hot Dog, who asked, I'm paraphrasing here because he asked it in a chat. I don't have the chat up, but he's basically asking about our Christmas movie combos, like double features. If you were going to have a double feature of two Christmas movies, what are some Christmas movie pairings you would put together? So I have a whole list, so I'll go last. Whole oh, list? that just makes me think you should go first so that I can just be like, oh, I agree with that. Oh, yeah, I didn't forget what the question was this last week and wasn't working on it every single day, really stressing about my answer. I, I'll go first. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, I've actually got, I've got a good combo. So okay. I'm going to go first. What, all right, so. What's your good combo? I... We all know Julia loves a dysfunctional family story, right? Especially a, a dysfunctional family that I like instead of one that I don't like. So I think a wonderful themed night in the Colburn house would be like dysfunctional family night where we could watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, except not with Hannah. She'll be upstairs ignoring us because she's not a Colburn anymore. <laughs> and we can pair it with and this will probably be just me, but we could also watch The Family Stone, another dysfunctional family story that I quite like. Um, I could have a lot of fun with that pairing. I like it. What about you, Tom? I'm going to go with mo modern retelling of Santa stories. Throw a little love to streaming services, and I'm going to go with Noel and the Christmas Chronicles. Um, that's one of the ones I had on my list, too, one of the pairings. Really? For real? It it's is. a nice modern take. And of, and, of course, we all said last week that I'm going to stick with the Krampus and Anna and the Apocalypse. Oh, that's solid. Yep. So, um, if I were a 19-year-old kid and had no taste, I would do uh, the, the, the Night Before and Office Christmas Party. I had that one on my good. list, too. 
also a good parent. Well, then maybe I should let you go a little bit. Uh, so I actually, I actually, and this is not intentional. When I was putting down movies, I would pair with one another. I actually came up with twenty-five, which is a nice countdown to Christmas. Ooh, so, that's too many to list. Uh, I'm gonna list them, Tom. Dude, this is why our episodes get too long. Nobody's gonna uh, listen. To, nobody's gonna pay attention to twenty-five. Come on now. I'm, do- I'm doing the twenty-five. There's a reason everything is top ten list. It's top ten. I don't have them in order. So I agree with you, Tom, about Noel and the Christmas Chronicles, modern Santa retelling. Uh, Anna and the Apocalypse and Krampus is easy. And so is The Night Before and what did you say, Tom? Office Christmas Party. Mm-hmm. On that note as well, for those who want something a little raunchier, A Bad Mom's Christmas and Daddy's Home too. They're spiritual sequels to each other, right? Spiritual siblings. Spiritual siblings. For the dysfunctional family element, I would go Christmas Vacation and the Ref. For classic Christmas, I'd go Elf and the Santa Claus. I'd pair Home Alone and Home Alone 2 together because they're basically one movie anyway. I would do Santa Claus, the movie, and Prancer. How the Grinch Stole Christmas and Scrooged. Which How the Grinch Stole Christmas? You know which one. You know which one. My favorite one. Well, my favorite besides the original animated one. Favorite movie one. So Yes. So your second favorite. There are only three to choose from. Correct. Yeah, it would be my second favorite. (laughs) Tom is so so disappointed. (laughs) I'm really missing the video, by the way. I am too. Mm-hmm. I feel like there were multiple mm-hmm. times Tom had good expressions tonight. <laughs> uh, Disney's A Christmas Carol and The Polar Express. They're that same weird animation style on both Robert Zemeckis. I think they'd go well together. Uh, for those of you who are wrong and consider these Christmas movies, even though they're not, It's a Wonderful Life and White Christmas. Oh yeah, that's a good pairing. White Christmas is a Christmas movie. You can't get around that fact debatable die hard and gremlins oh that'd be a fun night the nightmare before christmas and batman returns if you want tim burton night if you want a mrs claus night the santa claus 2 and mrs santa claus iron man 3 and shazam a christmas story and a miracle on 34th street while you were sleeping and love the Coopers and a crown for Christmas and a Christmas Prince, the first one. It hurts so. me you would put while you were sleeping with love the Coopers. They hurts fit together. Me. Yep. They don't they f- fit together. They fit one together. Not, one not family, one yeah, family I love and one family, no thanks. They fit together. No, they don't. They do. Julia's right. And for my Let's Torment Anthony, I would do the North Pole and Pete's Christmas. How dare you, sir? <laughs> How dare Too far. you? Too far. <laughs> oh, and also I feel like a fun pairing as well would be a Muppet Family Christmas and Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. I could see it. You do a whole Muppet I, night. I. Oh, we could do the Muppet... Family Christmas and Santa's sleigh. 
and Emmett Otter. <gasps> Emmett Otter. Oh, not with Santa. They pair. <laughs> they pair, Julia. They pair. <laughs> and then they Julia's pair. favorite. I know Julia would agree with this one. A Charlie Brown Christmas and How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original. That's, that's, that's like, that is the perfect night I, for me. Yeah, I feel like too. that's that's everybody. I feel like families get that one like every year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's. Watch I feel the like that's on that's on TV, TV together. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that one feels like classic Christmas right there. Yep. I'll be curious to see what combinations our listeners come up with. Are there any left after your list of twenty-five? That wasn't my whole list. I cut it short <laughs> on Tom's request. Oh my gosh. These are great ideas, though, right? I mean, we have all this time at home. This was a fun idea. Yeah, so Hot Dog, thank you for proposing the question in the first place. Anthony, thank you for the list, because it gives, gives me some really good ideas. Some of them were totally off base, but there's some really good ones on there. Thank you. I was thinking and, this week about a movie I would love to see made. What movie? I would love to see a Halloween Town Christmas movie. Ooh, that would be a lot of fun. Julia hates that movie, though, don't you? You don't like Halloween Town. I don't I like Halloween say hate. Town. Not hate, I, I just don't like I it. Don't, I don't understand that. I, I love Halloween Town. I don't know what it is. I saw that movie as a grown, like a, a late teenager, and I have loved it ever since. I was about to that say, Hocus I didn't Pocus see on my it. Christmas movies. I didn't see it until adulthood, and no. Was silly. I was probably like, I was probably nearly an adult the first time I saw it, and I was like, "Wow, this is magical! I love it." Yeah, I can't explain it. (laughs) So I can't, I can't pull nostalgia out or anything. I just love the movie. So we do have a spiritual successor successor question for next week, brought to us by Whoa, watch it, buddy. Since the elves brought. Since the elves brought up Advent activities at the end of this week's episode, what are some great activities that you suggest for people to do this Christmas season? So something to think I love about. That. I can't yep. wait to hear feedback on that from everybody else. Cause yeah. like where is wearing a I, mask, does that count? That's well, I think this year. I think something that should definitely count is a Christmas movie pairing night. You do a double feature. Yeah, so. there needs to be, there will be that on our calendar. We're going to have a double feature night for sure. Yep. You know what I saw that I really want to try and Tulsa might just have the weather for it, considering it could be December and 80 outside potentially. Um, I want to get one of those kind of larger inflatable pools that you would swim okay. in, like a baby pool, but like with the, with the double bumper side. So like on the front of the box, they show adults in them, right? But they're still not gigantic. Oh. And you pile comforters and pillows in it and you sleep or you hang out outside with like a pop-up um, movie screen, which we have for our backyard and you watch a movie outside. I'll like snuggle that in your little- Oh, that would be rad. Inflate it with like, yeah. I want to try that, it, it, but it's all you know if you, dependent on the weather. You know, though, if you built like a fire outside and you brought blankets and cuddled up together as a family, that could be cool, too. That would be cool. Yep. Not if it's like, not, not saying like 20 degrees, but like at like a 40 degree night, that would be fun. Oh, yeah. If you had enough blankets, that could be pleasant. Yep, for yep. sure. 
I'm going to, this year, I think I'm going to start trying to perfect a popcorn mix, a fall popcorn mix. That's a good idea. When you make your popcorn, do you like, do you like hand make it? What's the word for that? Pop it from kernel? Pop it? Like in a microwave in a bag with some oil and stuff? No, those bags are carcinogenic. I do. I do the stovetop. No, no. I mean, like in a in a lunch sack, a paper lunch sack. No, I've never done that. I have a little glass jar thing that pops popcorn, and has a little deal on the top where you can put oil or butter, and it melts down into it. That's what I have too. That's fancy. It's, it's like a red top, right, Tom? Yeah, and it goes to the microwave. Yep, or on the stove. You could do it either it's way. Pre- it's pretty magical, isn't it, Anthony? Yeah, it works so well. But I, th- I think having five, I think having five people in your house, though, it probably does not pop enough popcorn fast enough. <laughs> well, you can do it in just a brown paper sack too, and you can do individual serving sizes, and you can do butter or oil, and then you shake it and you toss it in the microwave, and then you add your seasonings on top of it, and you shake it. And it's what? Tasty. Yeah, it's magic. And then you don't have to. And then you don't have to dirty a bowl. No, you just got your own little bag. Julia. Magic. Mind blown. Magic, right? It's magic. Oh, 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 it's magic. You know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good song. So what's coming up, guys, on the schedule? I'm pretty jazzed about next week. I know... I, I know Anthony has reservations about revisiting such a classic from our childhood, but I feel pretty good about this one. So next week we are covering Ernest Saves Christmas. It's so funny that people are just now talking about how we haven't covered that movie yet. Yeah. Right? I'm glad we've saved it personally because I have, I have deep, deep, deep love for this movie in my heart. So for the, deep, for the record, all not. of y'all who have been recommending it, this has been on our schedule all year. Yeah. So great mind. Yeah, it's just really funny. Um, I'm excited about that. And the next week we're covering the Good Good Luck Charlie TV movie. It's Christmas. Yeah, these are some I'm good exci- weeks. I'm excited about that one. Two good weeks. I'm excited to talk about the Tulsa connection to Ernest. Me too. That's another bingo slot Jerry and Todd got, by the way, when we were playing podcast bingo, where uh, Tom mentioned something about Tulsa. Oh, that's a good one. That one would always be checked off. That one, well, if you put Tulsa, we got to put New York City, and we know they're both getting checked every week. Uh, It is nice how much pride we have in our cities. Pretty much. It comes up a lot. But it's a good way. It's like, well, look, where we live are so, Different. they play such an impact on our Christmas traditions, especially when you're somewhere like New York City that is, has a, an iconic Christmas scene. That's true. That's true. So I may not be too excited about with that, next week, and that's not because I don't like Ernest. It's because I'm scared of revisiting Ernest because I haven't seen mm. it in years. But I am excited about the fact that we only have 2,640 hours until Christmas. Only 110 days, y'all. 
That's only 15 weeks, guys. That's insane. That is crazy. Y'all, your Christmas gifts will be in the mail next week. I'm just waiting on one last thing for Tom to get here. Oh, man. And I am putting them in the mail early because I don't trust this postal service to get them to you on time if I send them out in November. (laughs) So you can have them sitting on your desk taunting you for the next few months. Such a jerk man. Yeah, right. Like, we're not going to open them. Uh, You can't. Yeah, right. Like, we're not going to open them. You can't. That's super mean. Um, I can't. (laughs) I forbid it. Oh, man. Oh, no. It's been forbidden. What can we do now? (laughs) Well, you could quote President Hot Dog Anthony, I don't take orders from the worst. Oh, man. <laughs> Ron's a hilarious All right. He is hilarious. Um, y'all do your homework. Bye. I love Ernest as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back next week. We'll see if Tom comes back. That's we'll see if Tom comes back. I've been auditioning for a replacement. So. <laughs> That's the name of Tom's autobiography, Abrupt Endings. <laughs> that's what she said that's what well, i mean <laughs> <laughs> bye y'all but y'all never let me have my 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 i try and i try and i never win <laughs> bye y'all bye <laughs>